0: people and this is really vital you will never miss a manifest a blessed thing unless you do two things one you need to believe before you'll ever achieve anything yeah and the second thing you need to do and i do it every single day and every single night people think i'm crazy before i get up every morning i spend about five or ten minutes in my bed and i give gratitude yeah. before i go to bed every night i spend five or ten minutes to give gratitude
1: possible. You can do it all with determination and perseverance. Welcome to another inspiring episode of Podcast with Sheila, the podcast that is spreading positivity around the world by sharing inspiring life stories. Today, our guest is a man with many hats. He is a serial entrepreneur, an engineer, a marketing specialist, a talk show host, and the president of my local Chamber of Commerce. If there is more to him, we'll be finding out in a minute. Hello, John. And welcome to Podcast with Sheila. Hello,
0: Sheila. It is a privilege to be with you today, all the way from New Jersey, across the world from you.
1: Lovely to meet you, John. Nice
0: to meet you as well.
1: Great. In brief, who is John? Where does he come from? A little background story of who John is, before we set the ballgame. So,
0: I was born in New Jersey. I am a person that's always been inquisitive. Um, when I was only, I'm going to say maybe about six or seven and my mom would take me to department stores. Um, the security people always thought I was up to no good, but all I was just curious about how cameras, how systems work. I wasn't causing any problems, but I was just very inquisitive about things at a very young age. And I knew at that point that I probably wasn't going to work for a company. Cause just my style doesn't align with being an employee so um went to high school uh, went to private uh a catholic uh, uh school which was my uh grade school after that i went to my uh, high school which was newman prep and um i remember taking a um a chemistry class and also a science class and when I was a freshman, uh, this lady, very nice lady, her name is Mrs. Burns. I don't know if she's still alive. Very nice lady. Mm-hmm. She was very hard on me. Mm-hmm. And um, she she knew that I like computers and stuff. And uh, then I, then she told me, well, there's going to be a class called basic. I said, oh, beginners, all-purpose, symbolic construction of code. I know basic. She's like, you know it already? I said, <laughs> yes. Maybe that was the wrong thing to tell her mm-hmm. because... Within a few days, she came back to me and said that she spoke to Brother Ed. I said, is there a problem? Oh, no. Um, we just had a discussion. And um, Brother and Ed and I agree that you're not taking basic. I said, well, that's fantastic. Because you already know it. Said, that's great. Oh. I can help the others. She says, no, we don't want you to help the others. She says, they need to learn it on their own, and you don't need to do their homework. I said, okay. So I guess I have, have it easy then. She says, no. She says, I talked to him, and I'm taking a college course. And during silent study, we're going to rotate your time so that when you're normally supposed to be in silent study, you're going to be in my silent study. And I'm actually going to teach you Pascal from the course that I'm learning from Montclair State College. And I was like, oh, and my friends are like, oh, how are you doing with your basic? I said, well, I'm not taking basic. They don't think I should take it because I know it. And they're having me take Pascal. They're like Pascal, what? Yeah, I know it's some language where we have to start compiling things, and it's all kind of tricky. And like, oh, you yeah, don't bother me with that. And so my um, uh, teacher, who basically knew chemistry very well, and physics very well, she knew that I liked computers, she knew that I liked technology. Mm-hmm. I was very smart, and she said, "John, she says, um, what are you going to do when you grow up?" I said, "I don't know." Uh, Do you like technology? I said, yes, but I'm not going to do that. That's just a hobby for me. She said, what do you mean? I said, I'm not going to do that. I have fun doing technology. I love computers. I love technology. She said, you're not going to do that? I said, no, I'm not going to do that. So um, long story short, she talks to me over and over again and keeps trying to motivate me. She says, you know, I think you're very smart. I think you should get into a college that has a computer program and engineering. And one thing led to another. And before you know it, I'm going to a university getting my degree in engineering and writing software and code and all kinds of stuff. And I remember being in my sophomore or junior year. And when I was only probably in my second or third grade of, of grade school, my parents uh, opened a business for my mom, a dry clean plant. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got to eighth grade, I wrote software and technology to help them run their business. Well, when they got into their years, I'm going to say it was probably my freshman or sophomore year, yeah. my dad calls me up. He says, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing fine. He said, the computers aren't working. So I mean, they're not working. Mm. So they're not working. I said, what do you mean by they're not working? Yeah. Well, they have a little light on them. Mm-hmm. What kind of light? Is there anything on the screen? What's the screen? Okay. There's a keyboard. What's the keyboard? That's the thing you type on. Above that, there is a little box. Yeah. That box has little blinking lights on it, has characters on it, and it has words. Yeah, it's just blinking. Oh, I said, it, it sounds to me like you probably have a bad battery. Where do I get the battery? So I told him to go bring it to the local computer store. At that time, it was CompUSA. And I said to him, look, I said, go there. They're going to rip you off. It's $50, and they're going to charge you $100 to change the battery, but just do it. So he goes out there. They give him an estimate. It says it's going to be $75 to do the analysis. He gets back to me. Day or two later, he says, John, he says, they gave me an estimate. I said, okay. I said, how much is it going to be? He said, it's going to be $1,900 plus tax. Oh, wow. I said, $1,900. Wow! What are you buying a whole new yeah. computer? <laughs> no, no, they, they said the motherboard's bad and, uh, they're going to have to change it. And it's a lot of work. Oh, I said, tell you what, tell them to hold on a minute. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm going to be, and I came in every Friday mm-hmm. as in, in when I was in college. To help the business, came home, managed the business. And uh, I uh, go to see the store with my dad on Friday after I come home. And I tell him, I said, Look, I said, I'm not very bright when it comes to computers and technology. I'm actually going to school for business management, right. oh. hopefully to get a job as maybe a restaurant manager or something mm-hmm. someday. So I barely even know how to turn a computer on. But my friend's very intelligent. And he gave me this little, I don't know, metal thing. Mm-hmm. He said that if we try to, find a spot we should be able to change it mm-hmm. so the guy starts looking he says okay let's open up good idea i said i don't know much about technology but i probably would unplug it before i open it yeah good idea good idea you're smart <laughs> i go get a bat i go get a screwdriver he mm-hmm. comes back opens the thing up he says well where do you think it is i said i guess we have to just kind of hunt and find where it goes it's probably a spot that looks like the circle yeah. so we find the spot he goes well how do you think we put it in I don't know. I said maybe there's a clip or something yeah. that loosens it, yeah. and so we do that. He says, "You know, you're right." He says, "I think so." He's like, try it. Yeah, said, maybe we just push that. Yeah. Oh wow. I guess it just comes to How do you think we put the new one back in? I said, "I don't know, but I would guess if it's a spring, we probably push it back in." Good idea. Good idea. Oh, you're right. It worked. So he says, um, "Let's turn it on." I said, "I probably put the cover back on him before we plug it in." Yeah. Good idea. Good idea. And so uh, he turns it on and he says you know it's not gonna work because you know the, the motherboard is bad And i said i know just humor me yeah so they turn it on comes up with the post power on self-test mm-hmm. that goes through everything he says i said it's booting up hold on a minute i get my manager long story short we mm-hmm. bring the manager over and the manager says okay that'd be 1950 plus tax huh? says, excuse me 1950 plus tax i said but my father didn't tell you to change the motherboard yeah. no 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 but we knew he wanted done so we just did it already oh So I said, okay, can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you read me the last six characters on the serial number of the motherboard? So he starts reading A, J, K, L, six, four. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is you a mind reader? I said, no. I said, you people are a bunch of liars. (laughs) You see, I'm actually not studying to become a restaurant manager. I'm studying to become an engineer Uh in a few years. And I built that computer for my parents. and all it needed was a battery. Mm -hmm. Now he gets another supervisor. I said, so here's the work you're gonna do. You're gonna give my father his $75 back. You're gonna fix the computer, Mm -hmm. put the cover back on, give it to me. We're not gonna pay you anything. Or I'm gonna report you to Better Business Bureau, Mm -hmm. Consumer Affairs, Fox 5 Mm -hmm. on your side, Mm -hmm. Channel 11,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and uh, the District Attorney General's office. And I'll keep going up the ladder. And if you keep treating your customers like this, In two years, you won't be in business. Six months later, that store went out of business. Wow. I then realized, Sheila, that I had something. And Mm -hmm. I was not just intelligent, but I was solving a problem in the world. So I decided to start a small little company. $5 on campus to help you by phone and $10 in person. Now remember, this was not $5 per hour. Mm -hmm. This was not $10 per hour. Mm -hmm. My first customer was a kid. Okay. Uh, who was in a class uh, one year younger than me, mm-hmm. and he asked me to come over. He said, just $10? He said, do you take credit card? Check, <laughs> I said, I just take cash. Oh, you don't take credit cards, <laughs> I just take cash. So went over there looked at it, and I said, what do you want me to fix? I'll call him Paul. I said, Paul, what do you want me to fix? He says, uh, my computer's not working. I said, I know that, but what's not working? He said, I can't play Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. You drag me over here because you can't play Dungeons (laughs) and Dragons. That's right. Uh, So I look at it. I said, I'm going to need to come back. Long story short, I fixed the problem. And it was history after that. I opened uh, my company when I graduated. My dad gave me a choice whether I could start my company or whether I should go work for somebody. He also agreed to give me more money if I started my own company. Mm. He gave me a longer vacation. He said, you're gonna have to work though to grow your company. He says, it's gonna be a lot harder, so I'm gonna give you more money and instead of taking two weeks off, you could take a whole month off. Yeah. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. I hired one of the largest advertising and marketing companies mm-hmm. when I was a junior. They raped me and my father of money that we didn't even have to get my tech company noticed. Yeah. 11 years from today, mm-hmm. I decided enough was enough. Yeah and I walked into their office after spending 150 grand on a Xerox print production press, mm-hmm. and said, guys, we had a great run, and we're done. Yeah. They'd understand it, fast forward, fast forward, you're fired. Yeah. You're fired, your team's fired, your company's fired. So again, not going all the details, but I realized that I now went from being a business owner, mm-hmm. being an owner, business owner, to an entrepreneur which solves problems based on passion and loves to do what he does, and then I realized I had another problem. But rather than complain about it, Sheila, I opened another business to solve that problem. A full mar- marketing, print, production, graphic, media, a digital design company. Hmm. And that's a little nutshell about me.
1: Well, that is, <laughs> that is a whole lot. And the number of questions I want to ask you, especially when you started talking about when you go to the um, supermarket, you try to, know how things work and stuff like that were a bit inquisitive. My son is like that. And anytime. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, what, it, what's
0: your son's name, Sheila?
1: He's called Sessie. and he just said, very nice. Yeah. How old is he? Eight.
0: Very nice. That's about the age six to eight. When I was kind of like taking things apart, even gifts my parents would give me, I would take them apart radio remote control cars and repurpose them for other things.
1: And sometimes I get a bit worried, you know, when, especially when we are out and about and he's trying to find out how things work out. I try to stop him because I don't want him to accidentally break something, you know. But as you were talking, I was beginning to get the clue. Probably he wants to know how they work because it's going to impact his life in the future or something he's going to do. It,
0: exactly. And as long as you don't touch anything, hmm. as long as you're looking,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's nothing wrong with
1: that. So, my next question is. How do you encourage or feed the interest of a child who is this inquisitive?
0: So, if I, let's say, flash back to when I was probably five or six, Yeah. you remember the phrase that adults would always say, children are meant to be seen and not heard, yeah. you probably heard that yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. And that's rude, it's very, very rude. Yeah. And um, my parents were never like that, but some of their friends were like that and uh, what i would share with you is that you're discovering your passion from the day you're born okay and one of the reasons that i stepped where i was was that i kept letting people parents friends other adults leaders program my mind so i got certified in neuro programming programming also hypnosis And one of the things I would tell you is that when your son or daughter is at that age, Mm -hmm. any age, basically after they're born, they're very volatile, meaning that you don't realize that what comes out of your mouth and what you do with your body actually sends very priceless signals to your son. You see, if Mm. you're a person that supports him, it's just, you know what, Ceci, this is great. I just bought you. Uh, electronic kit from the local store so you can experiment and play. You're feeding his creativity, creativity. his enthusiasm. My grandfather, what he did for me, uh, God rest his soul, Mm -hmm. he died when um, it was only going to be my second year. I was in second grade at Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And every single first Friday, what we did at, at catholic school you know we had mass and then you get picked up at 12 o'clock mm. i use it as an excuse to go home early um but just <laughs> at a convention but what my mom would do every first friday she says well let grandpa pick you up mm. all right i don't care if picks me up where wants yeah. to take me home so he picks <laughs> me up he says well, what, do, what do you want for lunch <laughs> i don't know maybe a sandwich great mm. grandma will make it for you mm. okay he says uh, what do you want to do today I don't know, Grandpa, I just really want to get something to eat. Do you have homework? No, I'm, I'm good. All right, well, uh, why don't we take, a ride? Mm-hmm. So we take a ride? And we go to Rickles. Now, you may or may not remember Rickles. They're not in business anymore, mm-hmm. Rickles and Channel. Mm-hmm. Right now, you know Home Depot, and mm-hmm. Lowe's. Well, they were like the beginning okay. of that. Okay. Different, different owners, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so um, he said, John, what would you like to build? So we're gonna go to the electronics place okay. uh, we went to a very basic electronics store not Radio Shack we went to just Home Depot mm-hmm. like, like the Rick Old Channel and our local Town Country Harbor store mm. he says do you know how a bell works okay. no okay let's get some wire why don't we make a doorbell mm. oh okay great what would you like to make this week and we built all kinds of things Thanks, together. Bro. And uh, my parents always had a heart attack. They're like, "What's he teaching?" Well, he says I can play with any wires I want, Mm -hmm. any controls I want. I just have to promise him that I'm never going to touch electricity with this. Yeah, that was the only. And he was amazing, um, Sheila, because he inspired and put this thought in my head. I didn't realize what he was doing, but he was really nurturing my creativity. My grandfather is probably the only person that told me the words, you can do it. He never said you can't. Yeah. And so Henry Ford said something very wise to Ashila: If you believe you can't, you're right. And if you, you can, you're right. So what I would tell you to do is to encourage your son. And if there are people around him that are discouraging mm. him, you say, look, Ceci, this is how these people are. You need to express yourself we need to get you an outlet we need to get you into STEM so that you can start letting your mind be creative in whatever whatever area that is whether it's technology whether it's arts whether it's play whether it's sports whatever it is a lot of families think that well you know a guy's supposed to play sports Hmm. well doesn't have to play sports like that's one kind of creativity that all families support but they don't support other types of things they don't support drama they don't support they just don't So support them at a young age and let them know they're loved and that you support them in whatever they want to do. I always say as long as you're not going to harm, hurt, defame, or um, basically be prejudiced against anyone for race, religion, sexual orientation, color, creed, you can have the world as your oyster, Julie.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant. So at what age did you start your first company and what was the journey like? Were there some challenges? How did you overcome them?
0: So remember when I was in college, Mm -hmm. I turned 21 when I was probably about a sophomore, if I remember correctly, Mm -hmm. in college. Uh, My parents threw a very big party for me, a surprise party. And when I was a junior, I started coming up with the idea, actually late sophomore year, i started becoming creative but i didn't know what i was doing and we had something called southern new england telephone but they charged a lot of money so my sophomore year our school became their own phone company private branch exchange we had our own telephone company on premise Mm -hmm. and so they were charging money and they had all these features and stuff i said gee i know what i can do i can become a beta tester for our school and maybe eventually start an internship program." And I won't have to pay for phone service, and they can get my priceless value to help yeah. them improve their equipment and services. Yeah. So I approached this gentleman who um, was uh, one of the leading um, vice presidents of Rome Corporation. And he was kind of stationed there as a contract, and he wasn't the most friendly person. Mm. And I went over to him, and I said, and I said, I said why don't you like me? Says, I don't like you. I don't hate you. I just am the way I am. Okay. Well, I'd like to um, get a sample of your voicemail service and uh, beta testing. So so you want our service for free. I said, no, no, you're missing my point. You're missing the opportunity that I'm bringing to your table. I'm bringing you priceless research and development that you can share with your peers. Yeah. Hmm. And then I said to me, you know what I'd like to do for you? I'd like to become the first student to lead an internship program for the university's telecommunication department. He goes, John, that's a little deep. Hmm. I understand we'll have to run this through administration, the president of the university. Within a couple of weeks, they create a position for me, Hmm. university telecommunications intern. Hmm. Within a few weeks, I wrote a program in basic to basically manage students so that when they ran over their bills, the system would shut them down every night. Oh, right. On Friday, we would only turn people up. Every day we would turn people up, but on Friday we would never turn people off. Mm. And I started getting very involved with that. And that's when I started realizing that I have a very powerful mind. Yeah. And then when my dad had called me, which was around that sophomore year, yeah. I said, gee, I should start a business on campus. Cause you're allowed to make so much money without making it a formal company. Didn't make a lot. I had a few customers, but I said, you know, I'm solving a problem. Maybe I only made $100 that year, twenty dollars but, mm. and professors were calling me. Oh. They said, John, do me a favor. Um, you have a problem with your computer? Yes, but, uh, you know, don't say anything to anybody. Mm. Like, don't tell any of the students. Yeah. They didn't want anybody to know that I was helping Pindam. them. Oh. And when I got to my junior year, I realized that I wanted to start a company like a formal company, but I didn't know how when I graduated, that's when it happened. Mm. And, um, I pretty much was led down a path. And before I graduated, I was actually the vice president of finance for my student association. Mm. I remember one night, Sheila, the, uh, administrator said to me, John, um, you're going to give a check out to this gentleman uh, tonight for the show. Can you make it? I said, okay. Uh, he gets a check for uh, $40,000, two checks, twenty and twenty. Mm. So I said to her, I said, um, for what? Oh, don't worry about it. It's already approved. It's already from the student's fees. So don't worry. We are approved that you just have to bring the check that's already done. Mm. Okay. So I wanted to know who are we paying $40,000 for, yeah. for a student event? Yeah. And there was only like, 50, 60 students signed up for this event mm. at our theater. So I do some research on him, and I find out he's a stage hypnotist. I said, oh, jeez. <laughs> so I figured out what he does and how he humiliates people, uh. and I approach him that night mm. said, hi, sir, I'm John C. Morley. Um, I'm also the VP of Finance mm. here, and I want to let you know I did my homework on you. <laughs> and I know what you do for a living, mm. and you are not going embarrass me or any one of my administrative staff because you see this check I'm giving you for twenty grand? Yeah. It'll bounce so high, you'll never be able to see where it went. <laughs> and the second check that you think you're getting at the end of the show, mm. you're not gonna get. And if the money doesn't really catch your attention, I've got something that will. Mm. We're friends with all the schools, Harvard, Yale, Yukon, mm. etc. Mm. Uh, Pennsylvania. And we're magically gonna talk with them and they're suddenly going to cancel their agreements with you and your tour is going to suddenly have no one to visit are we clear yes i am so glad we had this understanding wow. listen i wish you a great show uh doctor and i can't wait so let's see what you have to show us yeah. so the show starts and then the show ends and uh, we come back up and i said sorry it was a really great show very pretty of you. i said very professional and as promised, here's my second check to you. And I'm going to recommend you uh, to our other departments in the school because I think it was very entertaining. About a week or two later, I decided to buy his book. Read his book, bought the audio cassettes. Hmm. And then I decided to take silla Method, which if you don't know, is as a mind course. But you could pay it once and you could take it for life. I could keep taking it forever and ever. Hmm. There's never another charge. So then I realized, Sheila after I graduated, that I am paying people to help me achieve goals. How can I achieve my own goals, Sheila, Mm. without paying people?
1: Mm.
0: Well, if I'm an engineer, how do I become an engineer of my mind? Hmm. I get it. I should get certified in neuro-linguistic programming and also hypnosis. And then when I graduated, I realized that I should manifest my first goal. Mm. And that was getting my first luxury car. I did it by putting it on my screen, by driving it, by feeling it, by experiencing it. Every single night, I took a proverbial drive in my new car. Wow. Six months later, that car was sitting in my wow.
1: driveway. Wow.
0: So I started realizing that the mind, Sheila, is very powerful. But You see, a lot of people in our world will try to discourage your mind because they know once you, your son, your daughter, your family, anybody gets a hold of the power of the mind, to snowball effect. And nobody can stop that positive inertia.
1: Let's talk about the power of the mind. I'm interested in that. And I believe other people will be interested as well. <clears throat> Sorry, because everybody wants to dream of something and actually feel
0: it. That's exactly right, Sheila. So so before you can manifest something, people say to me, John, you know, think you're this, think you're rich, think you're that, think you're healthy. Great that you want to think. I mean, thinking is great, Yeah. but we have to connect our heart to, okay, our, to our brain. Yeah. If we don't do that, nothing's ever going to happen. So just, so you know, you have to feel it first and then you'll manifest it second. Mm-hmm. A lot of people work on the outside of life. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's just that you can't work on the outside until you work on your inside
1: exactly that makes a lot of sense you can never work on your outside until you work on the inside because whatever is inside that comes out so...
0: exactly and and what it is, is it might take some time before you start to believe and you start to understand that but I like to describe it as a slow percolation I'm not a coffee person but it's like a slow percolation of you know bristling enthusiasm mm-hmm And so when it happens like that, the coffee pot or whatever you're brewing doesn't go all over the floor. But if it was to bristle too much, you'd have a mess, right? Yeah. Just like if you poured soda in a glass, you have to stop, right? Because of the fizz, the the carbonation. So life is a delicate balance between what we have today and maybe what we want tomorrow. But what I tell people, and this is really vital, you will never miss a, manifest a blessed thing unless you do two things. One, you need to believe before you'll ever achieve anything. Yeah. And the second thing you need to do, and I do it every single day and every single night, people think I'm crazy. Before I get up every morning, I spend about five or ten minutes in my bed and I give gratitude. Yeah. Before I go to bed every night, I spend five or ten minutes to give gratitude. Now you might say to me, John, well, what do I give gratitude for? Well, if you can't, think about what to give gratitude for. Why don't we start with something very basic, like the fact that you're alive. Exactly. And if people can't get that, then I have a little device I've created for them. It's called the alphabet. Hmm. And I tell people to start with the alphabet. Take the letter A. What are two things you're grateful with the letter A? Well, I'm grateful I, there's air in the universe. Exactly. I'm grateful that uh, there is... life, your life. Uh, yep, so we're taking the letter A. So B, we might say, I'm grateful for books. books. I'm also grateful for, um, for breath, other things. Uh, clothes, whatever, whatever, something that begins with that letter. And yeah. you have to not only see it, but you have to feel it. You see the reason most people don't manifest things in life, they get it up here. I'm rich, I'm wealthy, I'm, I'm great. Mm-hmm. Story I will tell you is I was 200, 245 pounds, not too long ago. Hmm. I'm now down to 190 pounds and I have Mm. 25 pounds. I fired six trainers. I don't have a very strict diet. I basically do right now. I've dropped soda over 30 years. I only believe in water. I still have my alcohol beverages here, but I only have water, have my juices. And, um, I focus on protein. Mm. So for lunch today, I had a burger on a salad with a little bit of salad dressing. Mm. And so what got me to that phase was the belief that I knew I could. Yeah. And the body starts to make pathways to how you can do it. Because we have something called a RAS, a reticular activating system. The reticular activating system, I have news for you ladies and gentlemen, wasn't designed to keep you successful. It was designed to keep you alive and safe. So you need to push the envelope a little further so that you can basically Make the razz feel comfortable to go off track a little bit. Otherwise, it doesn't like to do that. Yeah. And so when people believe and when people are grateful, I say, John, I have nothing to be grateful for. I had a lady. She was in three marriages. She had four kids. She had four jobs. And she told me she was barely eating. I said, you're eating, right? Yes, I'm eating. My kids are eating. She said, but I'm barely eating. I said, but you're eating. So be grateful for that. Yeah. She said, John, no, but you don't understand. She says, oh, your mumbo jumbo is great, but it won't work for me. What do you mean, my mumbo jumbo? Mm. Well, no, no, I don't mean to call it that, John. I just mean, you know, like your your advice. I mean, you're a great guy and all, but you don't understand my family. Okay. I said, well, may I ask what I don't understand? Yeah. It, it's hard, it's complicated. Okay, well, would you give me seven days? Just seven days to do something every day. Would you do that for me? Oh, John I don't know I'm really busy yeah Yeah, it sounds like you're really busy complaining and worrying and causing more stress and it sounds like you're getting deeper in debt am I correct on those things Mm. yeah but I'm busy busy like what do you do right now well I'm talking to you what are you gonna do when you get off the phone with me Uh, I'm gonna watch TV so you're busy watching TV and you're busy Trying to basically infuriate yourself because you're not happy. Is that right? Well, no, John, I try. I try a lot of things, too. You're not going to try. You're going to do.
1: Yeah.
0: So I explained to her about what you need to do. I said, what's one of the first challenges? Oh, John, I get bills every day. Okay. So why don't you be grateful for getting the bill, and let's start putting together a payment plan of how you can start to take those bills out. She said, but John, you don't know, see on my job and this and that. And I told her, just keep focusing. Be grateful for what you had. And we went through this thing. And She called me three days. She said, John, she says, it doesn't work. I did three days. I did this stupid exercise three times. I didn't even do it four times. And, and it's not working. I said, I told you it's going to take seven days before even a basic change. Happen. Yeah, but I don't have the time. I don't have the money. All right, all right. Sounds like we need to do some breathing exercises. So we did some exercises, got her back on track let's do this again for a few more days. She calls me back three more days. I said, how are you doing? Oh, John, you don't know what happened. I said, what happened? She says, I lost my job. I said, I'm so sorry. She says, oh, don't be. She said, because I just got another job that's paying me four times when all my fourth jobs were paying me. I said, well, that's fantastic. Yeah. She says, and you know my grandson that I never could see, I could see one of them, but I couldn't see the other one. I said, I remember. She says, "Well, their their family's moving back from Texas right to my to my state and town, so I'm going to get to see both grandchildren every single week." Great. Wow, that sounds like a great thing. Yeah. I hope you're being grateful for this. She says, "Oh, wow." She says, "Yes." She says, "I'm being very grateful." And um, my landlord, you know, that I rent from. I mm. said, "Yes." She says, "Well, you know, it costs me several thousand dollars a month to be here with my kids, yeah. and not even including the food." I said, "Okay." She says, well, they sent me a letter saying uh, that uh, they would like to help me and lower my rent to $350 a month. I said, well, that sounds like a blessing, God answered, doesn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, it does. She says, maybe you're not that off the rock. Okay, I guess I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. She says, I mean, you're not that off the rocker. Said, oh, okay. She says, maybe I should do this every day. I said, if it's working for you, I yeah. would. Yeah. And I think the other problem happens, Sheila, is that a lot of people out there say to me, John, I'm trying to do something, but I can't. I said, why can't you? Well, because, you know, I'm around this person, and they're negative, and they're always telling me, down. I said, very simple thing you need to implement. No one has the right to make you feel inferior about yourself except exactly. for one person. You. you. Exactly. So when you're in front of these people and they're making you feel badly, don't accept and say, hey, look, I know you feel that way and you have a right to think that way. That's not who I am. And it's okay if you don't believe it. Hmm. But if you keep talking like that, I really don't want to hang around with you. Exactly. You need to let people know in a polite way. And if they still bring your curtains down, you say, hey, I'm not feeling it with you. I don't really want to hang with you anymore. Exactly. And people are either going to change or they're going to go away. Yeah. Because when you align yourself with the energy for positivity, Hmm. things that are not positive in your life will just fall away.
1: That's so true. And I believe 100% in what you just said, and I practice it as well. And sometimes when people cannot resonate with your thinking or with the way you, they tend to say a lot of things about you. But the good thing I always say is that anytime you don't have those people in your life, good things happen to you.
0: I, I had a gentleman, um, uh, for a prominent position in mm-hmm. government and we were doing something for a charity. We put together this whole local program, yeah. and he says to me, John, I want to see you. So uh, I knew I want to see me. He's usually never supportive of me. Mm. So I told him I have an opening. He said, oh, okay, when? Tomorrow? I said, no, I have an opening next week on Tuesday at 9 or Friday at 3.30. That's your first opening? Today's Tuesday. so said, yeah, I'm booked this week. Oh, well, I guess we'll take the Tuesday at 9. Sounds good to me. We'll see you then. I go out to see him. He says, you know, John, he says, um, when are you going to give up all this nonsense, this charity crap? That you do? When are you going to give up? And uh, I thought for a second. He said, well, forget about that for a minute. He said, you know, this local program you put together? I said, yes. He said, it's very good. Uh, we're launching it and you're not. And I said, okay, can we help you? No. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I said, all right. Uh, so, what are you going to give up? So, I sat back in his mm-hmm. guest chair, closed my eyes for a few minutes, and he says to me, um, What are you doing? I said, oh, Just give me a minute, sir. <laughs> I want to give you the exact month, day, mm-hmm. hour, mm-hmm. minute, and second. Not I'm sure you're going to give up. So, I just give me a minute. I'm almost there. Oh, I opened my eyes. So when are you going to give up? I'm going to give up, sir. Okay, now you're talking. When a little baby boy or a little baby girl tells their parents they don't want to walk anymore. Mm-hmm. All these funny faces. Mm. Because when the blank is that? So let me ask you a question, sir. You have two children, a boy and a girl. A girl that's still in college, a boy that just graduated college. Are both of them walking? Yes? When did... And either of them tell you that they didn't want to learn to walk anymore. He looks at me for a minute or two. He goes, uh, never. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, sir, I knew when I met you five years ago that you were a bright and intelligent man. And that when I asked you that question today in your presence, that you would give me the correct answer the first time. He said, John, you're arrogant now. Get the blank out of my office. Mm-hmm. I said, sir, I was here as an olive branch to work together. You know I never needed you. I just was trying to work with you. Have a great day. And some people just have that ego that needs to be stroked. Exactly. So whenever I get up to speak or I, I speak for my group, I say, you know, I'm happy to be in the limelight. I'm happy to get press. But you know, I don't do this for attention. I do this for the right reasons to help yeah. others. Yeah. What do some of our other political leaders do it for? See, I do things for the reasons to help others. I don't have a hidden agenda to try to get my name across to you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I just got a, a clue from there that anytime you do things for the right reason, it doesn't matter the kind of attacks that comes from outside your walls, it never gets to you because you're doing no. it for the right reasons. So you're always protected and you, you're able to achieve your goal because you have the right set mindset, the right heart with it to go with it. There is nothing that anybody else outside the walls can do to stop you or to fight you. you have to
0: remember though, that negativity is going to exist.
1: outside Exactly. The walls. Yeah.
0: And when it does, see it like what I tell people. Mm. See it as a bump in the road. Yeah. If you went over a bump yeah. on a road a few years ago, you probably couldn't tell me anything about the bump. Yeah. So why do we spiral our whole life down? You get up in the morning, you stub your toe. Never happens to anybody. And suddenly, you start saying all these four-letter words. Take a shower you burn your arm or your back you get out of the shower you go to the kitchen you pour orange juice and you break the glass and now you get milk all over your shirt and pants now you have to change you change now you're going to be late now there's traffic now there's an accident now you get there and the key client says to you you know we were actually going to go with you you can't even manage your own life. Yeah. How are you ever going to manage our campaign? Mm-hmm. Then you start to realize that a bump in the road is just that. Yeah. If you give it more attention than it deserves, it'll infest your life in a negative way.
1: Hmm. I'm smiling so this yeah. what we
0: think about most often.
1: I'm smiling this big because just a few hours before we started the recording, I was talking to my husband about the same thing you're talking about. And he was saying, when something is happening in your life, don't give it credence, you know, because once you do that, then you're focused on it and you cannot perform. So just treat it as it doesn't exist. You don't let it affect you. And you kind of saying the same thing now. So is, you know, as you hear something earlier and somebody says it again and is. Being emphasized, so it's like the thing you need to hear. Then the thing that's
0: that's what I like to call uh, it's not a coincidence. There are no coincidences in our universe, exactly. And the funny thing is, this one gentleman who's in office just announced several months ago that he decided to step down and not run again, and you don't expect things but it's funny because I feel everything comes a one eat. exactly and when we start to embrace things when we start to do things for the right reasons the world opens up to us
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah the world opens up to us and we can be a true divine creator
1: Mm.
0: We're all having the ability to manifest. Some people are lazy. Some people use their manifestation power to try to dominate or overpower someone else. Yeah. See, that's a problem. Yeah.
1: My God. John, if you had one wish for this year, what would that be and why?
0: My one wish for this year as I started a new company and I want this company to grow probably more than any other company not just so it makes money but so that I can truly hire the people and talent that would want to be part of our family Mm -hmm. people that would want to make a difference and come to work not because it's a job but because they see being in our organization a purpose of their life
1: Wow. what would your final message be as we wrap up to our listeners
0: sure my final message uh, is I would tell everyone that you need to believe before you can achieve and I would invite you to check out you know I have two shows and I have lots of other content that I do You can go to Believe, B-E-L-I-E-B-E, me, M-E, Achieve, A-C-H-I-E-B-E, dot com, anytime you want, and you'll be able to see a plethora of videos. I have inspirations for your life every day in the evening. I also have a national talk show that's on every Friday night, where I interview guests, authors, celebrities, all around the world. And I would ask you, to make a personal commitment to yourself to find a video in one of my series watch it and use it to do what the main purpose of my life is which is to improve my life to become a better version of myself mm. and other people become a better version of themselves let my message become a light in you so you can become a light in others
1: wow that's brilliant let the message become a light in you and you become a light in others We'd like to say a massive thank you, John, for coming on podcast with Sheila today.
0: It was a privilege and a pleasure uh to be with you, Sheila, and your guests, your audience today.
1: Thank you very much for honoring our invitation. If you've been listening in this is season two, episode fifty one of our podcast series, where we've been bringing seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us, do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. While I did, please drop us a rating. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for Podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'll find us. Our prayer for you this week is, may you be the head and never the tail, a lender and never a borrower. Until we meet again.